Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And today we have Isaiah Hodgins and Leonard Williams. And we're going to start with Isaiah Hodgins, who is six foot four, 210 pounds, 24 years old. Was this 2026 round out of Oregon State. Bills waved him, and the Giants claimed him November 2nd and immediately started getting playing time for the Giants, Justin. And truly, he was a godsend to the Giants. Not because he's some superstar, but it gave them three wide receivers that they could trust and rely on and gave them the ability to run 11 personnel, which they really threw out. Before Isaiah Hodgins came, David Sills or Marcus Johnson was running out in 11 personnel, which was never good for them. Yeah, not ideal, right? Uh, I certainly feel like Isaiah Hodgins is the embodiment of, you know, when Joe Shane talks about smart, tough, dependable, I feel like uh, you open up the Giants dictionary and it's a picture of Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, smart. I'm going to let you talk about that, why Isaiah Hodgins is smart, why he fits this scheme so well, uh, why he had such a good connection with Daniel Jones right away. Obviously, his knowledge of the scheme from Buffalo uh, was uh, useful. Uh, tough and dependable. Played through that nasty ankle injury last year where you know that picture kind of circulated after uh, one of the Minnesota games. I might have even been after it was the, the playoff game. It was the playoff game that it started circulating. It's like, geez, you've been playing this well and you, you've been doing this well, uh, cutting in and out, doing whatever when have that nasty ankle injury. So playing through that, um, not a single drop last year. Uh, another, another D for dependable, right? Red zone production. I think that's no joke. I'll give my opinion on why I think that's no joke and we'll, we'll see if Bobby agrees. So another with dependable. So Bobby Skinner, tell me why Isaiah Hodgins fits so well right away. It's fit like a glove. He's an exclusive rights free agent, so the Giants have him for two more years. And he really did make a difference. Like, the team averaged 23.2 points per game with him, which would put them 11th in the NFL, and 20 and a half without him, which is 21st. So, a difference of 10 spots, you know. Came in halfway through the season. On eight games, he had three, 33 catches, 351 yards, and four touchdowns on a 78.6% catch rate. That's very Ooh. high and even way higher for an outside wide receiver compared to a slot guy. Uh, had 43.9 yards per game, which was third after Slayton and Shepard, so second out of guys who actually played in the season. And then the playoffs, he had two exact opposite games where he had eight catches, 105 yards, touchdown versus the Vikings, one of only 200-yard games in 2022. And then versus the Eagle, he had one catch for th- three yards. Where he fits really well is he is just a very good, crisp route runner with Beautiful timing, which is a huge part of Daniel Jones's game and what that offense was at the end of the season. And where I think he's his best is at the stem. Like, he's very good at the top of the route to freeze DBs and gain separation out of that. And then even though he's not the fastest and can't gain the most separation, he he's great hands that catch away from his body and in stride, which doesn't, you know, keeps DBs from getting into that catch space. And that all translated, I think, the most, like you said, in the red zone, where he led them where he had five touchdowns. Uh, if you include the playoffs, and all of those were red zone, uh, red zone touchdowns, Justin. Yeah, I, I feel, I feel bad. I was, you know, thinking of some Isaiah Hodgins takes that we had during the season, and I, I don't think we did a good enough job of recognizing the significance that he had with the offense. Because partially, it was bad on us because everybody else was hyping him up and you know thinking, oh, is Isaiah Hodgins wide receiver one? Let's not go that far to call him like a wide receiver one. But man, reflecting about how the Giants season went as a whole, the arrival and the emergence of Hodgins really did help turn around and save. It saved the Giants offense last year. DJ spray chart on where he was throwing the ball and also when he was throwing the ball 
it gets a lot more satisfying and balanced after Isaiah Hodgins' arrival versus before. Um, Hodgins' eight versus man coverage, a completion rate of 76.7% against it. Um, so you look at that high catch rate, too, where what was it overall on the season, Bobby? It was quite close to 80, right? Yeah, 78.6%, which is very, very high. So his average up to target is higher than you would expect because Sterling Shepard had those same like 80-ish percent catch rate years with Jason Garrett, except his average depth of target was somewhere between the 7.5 to like 8.5 mark. Isaiah Hodgins' average depth of target last year was 9.3, which is certainly higher than I expected and I, and I thought. It's still fairly low for an outside guy. It is, it is low. It is low. But think of Daniel Jones' average depth of target was just low in general last year. <laughs> so, so to see that Hodgins was, was that high surprised me compared to what Sterling Shepard was doing a couple years before. Because I do think, like, I think Isaiah Hodgins took that Sterling Shepard role that Shepard had under Garrett's system, kind of like that reliable target, you know, kind of underneath the smart, the smart, risk crisp route runner that has a good connection with Daniel Jones. Like, the roles transferred between those two players, I feel. Now, the red zone production. Here's why I don't think the red zone production was a joke. Smart player. He knows how to find holes in zones. He knows how to he knows how and where to get open. And a lot of these touchdowns that Jones to Hodgins and a lot of the touchdowns that happened last year was when Jones was kind of improvising and maybe running outside the pocket, trying to extend plays, trying to look for guys that are open. And a lot of times that would be Hodgins. Hodgins would just keep flowing with the play, keep moving, know when to sit, know when to flow with Jones, know how to find Jones. I don't think that red zone production is a joke, and I don't think that's a fluke. I think that's something that's going to continue. You're going to have plays that Daniel Jones is going to need to improvise inside the 10-yard line, inside the 5-yard line. That's going to be stuff that's going to continue. So I think there is no reason to expect that Isaiah Hodgins should have, you know, less than four touchdowns. I'm even going over five this year. And you would think for a six foot four wide receiver, you say he's a good red zone target, and you're thinking, okay, you're throwing the ball up to this guy. But that's kind of a question we have about him. And you look at his, you know, five touchdowns that he had when you include the playoffs. You have a whip route, which is the ultimate route running, like quick game route. Uh, you have those two improvised ones, and then you have a little like stick slant um, versus the Colts, and then the post route versus the Vikings, which is just a beautiful route set up. Patrick Peterson opened his hips and then broke it, uh, banged it inside. So it's like it's based off a of route running and like you said, making himself open in, in plays that are where you're where you're improvising. And I think with more attention in the red zone on guys like Waller and stuff, that should give him some more opportunities to do that. Here's where I do have some reservations and I'm not as hyped. Like I like Isaiah Hodgins, think he's a good wide receiver. I'm slating him as a starter, but this is where I am not as, as hyped as other Giants fans. Fifth on the team in yards per route run last year after yeah, Slayton. Wandale, Shepard, and Richie James. So basically every wide receiver who played decent snaps in 11 personnel outside of, you know, Marcus Johnson and David Sills. He did benefit from the quick game offense, which is going to be a part of this offense, but it's not going to be as prevalent, I don't think. And I think they're like, they're going to want to push the ball downfield a little more. And again, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to go crazy, but they're going to want to do it more. And you look at the good, like these really good numbers he has. Second highest catch percentage versus man coverage last year. But he was 90th in yards per catch and 94th in average depth of target. 11th in catch percentage versus zone, but 50th in yards per catch and 50th in average depth of target. And 
his speed does hold him back from making plays outside of the quick game. You know, like I think about that Vikings interception that Daniel Jones had on the crosser route, where it's just like, this is a good read, good stuff, but the ball's just slightly behind Hodgins. And because of that speed element, the corner of Patrick Peterson the time was just right in his hip pocket, and it turns into an interception. And we didn't see him being used down the field at all. Where, you know, Marcus Johnson even got some targets down the field. Slayton obviously was their only threat to do that. He didn't really get any type of production or even attempt at production down the field because of that speed. The question is, could he become a contested catch threat? Because in preseasons past with the Bills and stuff, he's shown to be really good at that. So if he can add some of that, I'm happy with him as a starting wide receiver going forward. But when you think about like all the wide receivers in this room, he's not a slot guy. Like he, I think he had the highest outside the slot percentage on the team. Even Slayton played in the slot more. He doesn't have that speed element that this offense needs like Darius Slayton does. And all this stuff that he does, I think Sterling Shepard's better than him. But Shepard, we're not, you know, we're not in, we're envisioning some injuries probably for Shepard. So that's why I slate Hodgins as a starter. So that's where, those are the reasons why, like, I'm high on Hodgins, but I'm not as high as everyone else where I think we have this wide receiver one or, even like if he's a wide receiver too, I think he's one of the lower end wide receiver. He's, we're not talking about some good wide receiver duo we have. If we if we went and got the, you know, Ameka Agbuka out of Ohio State next year, I'm not. We're not talking about the wide receiver duo we have of Agbuka and uh and and Hodgins. Yeah, in in an offense that is looking to prioritize speed and made a concerted effort of getting slower guys out of the building and getting them off the team. Isaiah Hodgins is the exception of that, where, you know, I I know he had the ankle last year, but I don't think Isaiah Hodgins is going to offer much in the yards after the catch category. Um, I know the yards after the catch last year was 2.1 with the Giants. Yards after the catch per reception was 2.1. I get a lot of it was the, you know, sure, it's the ankle, but I still think Isaiah Hodgins I don't think a lot of his ankle. The ankle was end of the season type. Yeah, he's relatively slow, so I don't think he's going to offer you that much there, and I know that's something that this coaching staff is valuing, and they're valuing it a lot, you know, what you can do with the ball in your hands after the catch, so. But, I mean, he was a godsend for the team last year, and I think he's going to be a vital part for this year. I agree. My question, I'm just, I don't, like, what is his role when you do get your wide receiver one on this team, you know? But we have him for two more years, so I'm excited to have him on the team. I mean, Best waiver wire addition since we've been covering the team in 2019. I'm trying to think. Like, is there anyone better? I don't, I don't no, think I, there's anyone. No, I mean he he literally changed his acquisition, changed the offense. Oh yeah, like it literally put more points on the board because Isaiah Hodgins was on this team. Yep. Can I give a projection? A prediction, a projection, and then I'll get your thoughts from there. I had this revelation recently about how people viewed Sterling Shepard heading into the 2021 and 2022 seasons. I almost think that's how we should view Isaiah Hodgins this year. Reliable, short target. He's tall, but short average depth of target-wise. He's going to have a high catch rate with Daniel Jones. Good relationship, good chemistry. That's how I like how we were viewing Shep in 2021-2022. That's also how I think we should view Isaiah Hodgins in 2023. Now... Here's like a stat line that I could see. I could see 55 to 60 catches this year, 600 to 700 yards, and even though touchdowns is a number that's extremely volatile year, year after year, I do think it's going to be at least five. 
too high on all those for you? So the touchdowns I don't view as high. So what do you have for the yards? I had like 600 to 700. So three, I mean, last he had 351 year, he last year in, in, he, in eight if, games. I'm going to say under on that because last year, if he played the full season, he was on pace for 700 yards. And even as a starter, when you add Campbell, whoever else, if Wandale's healthy, Shep can play some games, uh, Waller, I think it's right below that. Just because, again, think about – we talked about how much of important he was last off, last year. Hopefully he's not that, you know, main of a target True. Uh, uh, for him this year. But just being a reliable. Like, that's my that, – like, I don't really have, like, these big aspirations of stats for Isaiah Hodgins. Just be be who you are. Be reliable. When when it called upon, do your job or not. That's someone with Hodgins. I, I 100% know. Like, I know. Hey, don't expect this guy to stack a corner and – and win deep. Now he can get some deep. Like his only deep production comes off double moves, and I don't think double moves are a great. That's actually a tick I have with football Twitter of using double moves as like, look at this route run, which is like good job, but double moves don't show me how good of a route runner you are. They're almost like kind of trick plays in themselves, but you have to ex- execute them. But show me how you get open on a 15 yard curl. That's that's I, I that's how I can tell how good of a route runner you are. How how do you get open on a 15 yard deep curl? You know, and that's where it's like, hey, you have to have the speed, you have to have the route running ability. That's where I think those those type of routes are. But he can, you know, win obviously on those double moves. He had a couple of versus the Vikings uh in the regular season. And hey, like post routes and stuff. Like he had the first post route touchdown I can remember in a long time in that playoff game. So those are like Never, I'm never gonna ask more twenty. But you know, hey, that fifteen to twenty yard range, can you get open more in that that area? Yep. That's that, and can Hodgins bring down a few contested catches down the field this year? Can we throw back shoulders down the field to you? That's a, that's a that's where I think he can take a next step into a different player than he was this past season. All right, so that's Isaiah Hodgins. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. On the defensive side, Leonard Williams, six foot five, three hundred two pounds, twenty nine years old, entering his fifth year with the Giants. Like he's one on the you know one of the more longer tenured New York Giants, and for the third time as a New York Giant, Justin, it's a contract year for Leonard Williams. After he got his three year, sixty three million dollar deal in two thousand twenty one, he has the third highest cap hit in the NFL at thirty two million this year, only after Patrick Mahomes and Ryan Tannehill. But that number's a little deceiving because he's 40th in the NFL for average annual value and 6th for defensive tackles. Coming off of the first time where he missed games in a season, missed five games last year, breaking a 114-game active streak that he had. And he had four, uh, 45 tackles, 2.5 sacks, 5 tackles for loss, 12 QB hits, and 17 pressures. Leonard Williams' season last year, very good on film, but... Wasn't necessarily putting up the the production that you wanted when he was on the field, but he was very productive, like on film and in the run game. He was also very big. Pretty sure the last two years we've had like mini arguments during Leonard Williams's PPP. Is that correct? I don't. I think that was just twenty twenty. Well, it was a big one, and and, I, and, it, and in my brain, it lasted two years. But no, I love Leonard Williams. Uh, I love that he is still on the team. I recognize that. <laughs> the trade and how he was acquired and everything he's like 2023. that. We don't need to talk about that anymore. We, no, he's on I, the team now. We got him. No, no. People still talk about it. And people are still, they get mad at Leonard Williams for it. They still do. And I still feel like it's worth recognizing. But 
this is what I'm gonna this is what I'm gonna start off with. When we know last year wasn't ideal, it wasn't optimal. Um, he did play through an injury that I think a lot of guys probably wouldn't have played through. Um, so that there's even that too. Leonard Williams's rankings among interior defensive linemen in true pass sets per PFF. Win rate ninth among interior inter, interior defensive linemen. And QB hits he was third. Now again, this is PFF, and what PFF does, and it's different from Pro Football Reference. Pro Football Reference counts sacks as QB hits. So, guys like, you know, Aaron Donald, hey, even Dexter Lawrence, Chris Jones, they have a lot of sacks. They're also going to have a lot of QB hits. But I learned through an exercise that I recently did, PFF separates the QB hits. They do not count sacks as QB hits. They count those things as two separate entities. QB hits third, and I was shocked. I was shocked when I saw that Leonard Williams was that high in both of these categories. Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence were the only teammates to rank Top 10 in both win rate and QB hits categories among interior defense alignment. Leonard Williams also ranked 14th in total win rate, not just counting true pass sets, all while playing through injuries. I am really glad. I Part of me wanted the Giants to extend Leonard Williams, but I am really glad that Leonard Williams is on the New York football Giants this year because the Giants really need him. I think Dexter Lawrence needs him, and I think Leonard Williams also needs Dexter Lawrence. I think both of those things play hand-in-hand. And I'm also really glad that Leonard Williams is on a contract year. And I have those stats from 2020 as well. He had his highest pastors win rate as a giant at 12.4% this past year, which we, you know, we talked about Aziz on the last PPP. Like that was, you know, a couple percentage points higher than Aziz Ojolari. So he's still doing a lot as a pass rusher, but didn't turn those into the sacks that, you know, I mean, in uh, 13 games or 12 games, he had two and a half sacks, which is like, those do matter. Like they do, they they are the difference of ending drives or you know looking good on film. So you want to see you want to see more out of that. But again, he is in a contract year, and I I don't see them. Maybe they could mess with his money a little more, but I don't see an extension happening before the season's over. But I could see maybe him hitting the open market and coming back to the Giants. Yeah, yeah. And his contract year in 2020, 11 and a half sacks, 14 tackles for loss. Pro Football Reference had him at 30 QB hits, and PFF had him at 18. I'm really excited to see this guy again on a contract. I I, I think it's a thing. We, we've talked about this. I think it's a thing. I'm not saying it's it's fully a thing for Leonard Williams, but, dude, I think it's just inevitable that you're, you're, you're maybe going to work a little hard and you're going to try a little bit more when there's a couple million dollars more that's, <laughs> that's, that's on the line for you. And Leonard Williams is really important. Uh, I, I want him to stuff the stat sheet a little bit a little bit more this year. I don't know if he will, but I still know that he's going to be a good player no matter what. It's just a matter of can you there's very little justifying the $32 million cap hit, but can you at least stuff the stat sheet enough to make Giants fans swallow it a little bit better? Yeah, I mean he had his worst he also had like his worst statistical season too in a contract year in 2019, which makes the trade even worse. Um cuz like you forced yourself back yourself into a franchise tag. So it'll be interesting to see where that balance lies. But he's still 29 years old. And defensive tackles like have long shelf lives yeah. uh, in the NFL. And like you said, him and Dex are really a duo. And you can argue they're the best defensive tackle duo in the NFL. Now, I think they're the second best after Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. But like his like totals of like you know sacks, hits, pressures are like right up there with Deron Payne, who got paid by the commanders this, uh, this offseason. And then his run defense, man, I think is very underrated. Now, this year, there were some missed tackles that stopped 
big stops for Leonard Williams, and that was a little frustrating with him. And it showed up in his missed tackle rate being the highest of his career. But he's an excellent run defender. Like his ability to two gap and read and shed is extremely underrated. And I wasn't able to find the numbers on the full season, but through the first like eight games of the year, like their yards per carry when he wasn't on the field were double for the Giants. You know, their Giants opponents. So are you? Like, are I you? Think- do you want stats on when he was off the field? Sure. I have those stats. Yeah. Leonard Williams, when he was off the field, uh, 203 rushes, um, 1,111 yards, and 5.47 yards per carry. And when Dex and Leo were both on the field together, 257 rushes, 1,186 yards, and 4.61 yards per carry. So that's almost that's almost an entire yard. Yeah, which makes a huge, huge difference. And I'm excited to have Sean Robinson and... In this uh, category, because we've seen when with Dalvin or Austin Johnson, when you put a third guy with those guys, it, they those two make that other guy a lot better. Yeah. Right. Like we didn't see da- now Dalvin's really good on his own right, but Dalvin started popping off once Leonard Williams was added in 2019. You know, Austin Johnson was nobody in the NFL. He was a nobody, and he like really produced well in 2021. Um, uh, and got himself a decent contract when he was out there, and even you know. So I'm excited to see them be able to run more three D line sets with Ashawn Robinson, where you know, and this past year they had Ryder Anderson out there who would just get bullied in the run game. Um, so excited to see Ashawn out there, and obviously Nacho to a, a lesser extent. But yeah, I mean his ability is just a two guy. I mean it fits with his defense really well. Andre Patterson, a very good D line coach, with their you're excited for that. My question though. For you, I'm going to pose this. Mm-hmm. Is this Leonard Williams last year on the New York Giants? I was thinking the same thing. I think it is. I don't think he's going to have a good enough statistical year to justify bringing him back. And even if he has a good st- statistical year, Bobby, he's still going to get money on the open market. I know we had this discussion on a mailbag like a couple months back, but just seeing how the defensive tackle markets work, and even if he has like an average year, He's going to get money, and I, I just don't know if it's worth putting so much money into both Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence when you know there, you, you can possibly draft somebody to, to fill that void. I hope it's not. Because one, I don't think the Giants should be in a spot where they're letting players of Leonard Williams capabilities walk. So, but, so if he puts together a good year, the contract's going to start. If he puts together a good year, but it's not great stats, you know, it's like mediocre, you know, box score stats with sacks and tackles for loss. He's still going to get a contract that probably starts at 18 million per year. Yeah. But if he has a good season with like sacks and tackles for loss. It's starting with the two. Yeah. That that average annual value is starting with the two. And I understand why that would be tough. But you're not going to tag him. No. You don't think. <sighs> they already My, tried doing that once. Well, you could maybe tag him as just keeping him for another year. But you obviously have McKinney and Saquon out there, but it would just be a it would be a shame to lose him. But at the same time, you're going to have to be offering him probably three years, uh, and that will be going into his age thirty three season or you you know, thirty two season. Do you think they would have done it by now? To if they were going to keep him though? No, because Lenny Williams is going to take no discount for an extension. He if hey open market, we'll see what the best offer is. But right now, coming off that year, I don't think. Flair Williams is going to take any extension that the Giants are offering. He has some good agents. Saquon Barkley should hire them. Well, good agents and... And Dave Gettleman. 
Gelman backing himself. Dave Gelman was the best agent he ever had. Where it's like, I literally cannot, like, there's nothing you could do to make me let you walk. And I knew that. So, yeah. all right. We will uh, see you guys tomorrow. We appreciate you. See you then. Until then, let's go big blue.